Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Paul Douglas is looking at some European models. I mean, I don't care what model you look at, and I've looked at a lot of models over the years. It's a good-looking model. You're having too much fun, DJ. <laughs> You're having way too much fun. <sighs> it's just too easy. It's what? too easy. Just entertaining myself. It, it sounds yeah. better. Look, it's still, sadly, and I wish it was Noah's models, but it's still the best weather forecast, best weather model on the planet. It's called the ECMWF, and it's sort of been shortened, abbreviated into the European model. All the European mm-hmm. countries... The EU, the European Union, all contribute to run this one model out of Reading, England. And it runs uh, four times a day. And I live or die based on the data. And if you compare it with NOAA's models, the weather service models, it is consistently better. It's not perfect. Nothing is perfect, Jor, but it's consistently better. So why do Mm -hmm. we talk about the European model? Because it is still the best weather model on the planet. And no, well, you I don't care the what they're tool, saying. Right? Well, yes, they're, they're all hideous and they all suck. And whatever <laughs> they're saying is terrible because we are done and it's re- it's time for spring and we're ready. I put my kids on a plane to New Jersey and they're like, thank God, at least we can go to New Jersey and get good weather because this is a tough go. Hey, I was in Pennsylvania last week with my dad. And it yeah. was pretty crappy. It was in the 40s oh, right, and raining every, just about every day. <laughs> so I, I think the northern tier having a um, a delayed spring. And that's that. probably the result of La Nina, this cool phase of the Pacific, which is forecast to linger into the summer. The, the weather models, the longer range models, all have us hotter than average this summer, which I will believe when I see. But right. Uh, wouldn't it be ironic if we wound up with a stinking hot summer? That's what a majority of models are predicting for this upcoming summer, that the pendulum swings in the other direction. Stay tuned. I can't believe, well, we're still talking about snow and we're still talking about masking. If you missed our interview with Dr. Gregory Poland, that was at the beginning of the show, yeah. right after the Twins game, I guess, um, after the Twins loss. So uh, w- did we have him on about 340? I think he was on with us about 340. He was 340. on about 335 to 350. Right. Yeah. And- so I urge you to look at the Odyssey app and use the rewind feature, or we will post um, we will post the yeah, podcast. We'll out, at, yeah. yeah, at P. Douglas Weather on Twitter, or I'm at... Uh, at Jordana Verde on Instagram. I can put a link on there. Um, He just was 
uh, some information I had never heard before about COVID-19 and the long-term effects of COVID and, um, you know, why it's best to never get it. This, of course, comes too late. We, we, most of us got Omicron as it swept through over the Christmas holiday and January. It seemed unavoidable. It seemed to be in the ether. Um, but he said, you know, the risks dissipate the further you get out and the better you recover. But he also said, if we stop pretending that COVID is over and we stick to hand washing and we stick to masking and we stick to vaccinating, that we will fare better in this. And we now know that but, Philadelphia has instituted mm -hmm. a mask mandate. New York City and Boston are thinking about it because the Northeast is on the rise. Um, the airlines have extended their mask mandate to May. Is it May 3rd or May 8th? I think it's, it's May, May 3rd. 3rd. May 3rd. It was supposed to be on Monday. It was supposed to be next Monday that the, it was supposed to expire. So we just, we're not out of the woods yet, folks. And we still need to keep talking about this and stressing it. But you're... I mean, to me, and I agree with everything you just said, and yeah, listen to what Dr. Poland said. If you get uh, COVID-19, especially a severe case, you are much more likely to get long COVID. And mm -hmm. God knows how many hundreds of thousands of Americans right now are struggling with brain fog and yeah. sort of ongoing symptoms Scary. months after they contract this thing. But a whole, he listed a whole bunch of, of other symptoms other Terrifying. maladies that you're much more vulnerable to. But again, and I don't disagree with anything he said, but for me, it's a little like, how do you avoid the flu? All of us get the flu. How are you going to avoid COVID? At some point, all of us will catch this. And what goes through my mind, I want to be as protected as I can be when I do catch it. And that, for me, means probably getting a second booster shot, maybe a right. Moderna shot instead of the Pfizer shots that I got before. But, again, how do you, I want to live my life. Everybody wants to move on. But what? But he, he was telling us the way you do it. He said, I know everybody wants to move on. It doesn't mean we have to hide. That, he didn't say that. He said, we have to get vaccinated and we have to wear masks. And and you mentioned the Chinese do this all the time. Yeah. And 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 we cut down on the flu by getting vaccinated. It doesn't mean we don't get it, but if we do get it, it's a lesser version of the flu, God willing. Um and hopefully there are less side effects. You know, there are long-term side effects. They're still looking into the long-term side effects of COVID, but the ones he was mentioning were terrifying and we're all at risk any any of us who got it, that includes me, but I we just can't ignore the fact. I know we want to be done. I trust me. I know we want to be done. And the schools have lifted their mask mandates, and indoor dining has lifted it. I, I get that, but um, he mentioned that that is one way that we can cut down on it, so we can still return to life, Paul. I, I think you can absolutely go and do everything that you do with a little piece of cloth on your face if that's going to help you avoid COVID, and avoid long-term effects. I wish that for you. And possibly avoid erectile dysfunction. Apparently, your odds of that go up. I, I ran out to get my... I mean, not for me, that. but no. well, that doesn't no, sound no. fun. Well, that and, bra and brain shrinkage. He said your brain actually shrinks if you have a severe oh, case of COVID. Anyways, I, I can't I afford that. that. No. no, I can't afford any more. I already have chemo brain. I'm already turning 50 this year. My goodness, I can't afford any of those things. And menopause, the whole shebang. It's like the perfect storm of bleep. I can't afford any brain shrinkage. Bleep? I need all the gray matter. I can get. Plenty of bleep to go around. 
We're going to take a deep cleansing breath and talk about the joys of travel. DJ is just back from another whirlwind trip, this time Washington State. What he learned, uh, what went right, what went wrong. The Travel Preacher up next. He just got back. He sent us pictures of him snowboarding with the fresh powder. He does love snow, but let's just keep it on the mountains, not here, DJ. So we can't wait to hear what you have for us this week. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm trying to stay awake today. Our uh, plane got delayed because of the thunderstorms last night, so we didn't get in. Ah. I didn't get home till about 1, 1 a.m. last night after flying back from Seattle. But Ooh. it's okay. You know, after a trip, you always got that, like, vacation high going on, so that yeah. keeps you going for a couple days anyway. The glow. Yeah. And yes. You, and yes, you indeed. take days or weeks to unpack all the memories. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the great thing about travel is that, you know, the trip is great, but looking forward to it and then reflecting on it is, is you know, brings some of the most joy you can out of travel, more than just being on the trip itself. What is the overriding goal? Is it bonding with friends and family? Is it finding perfect powder? Are you in search of perfect powder? Well, I, you know, I, I don't think there's one overarching goal for, you know, any, any trip, much less all travel in, you know, together but yeah i think all of those things it's this trip was for me was about being with friends exploring a new place and yes the powder was unbelievable but (laughs) what what i want to do today is i think there's you know you hear about like the arc of a story and there's different pieces of a story i actually took a storytelling class in uh in in college and as i was reflecting about the trip i just got back from five days skiing with friends in washington state you know i noticed some patterns that i've noticed in other trips as well so i want to use the trip I just got back on to tell you what I think might be kind of the four pieces of any adventure. And and I bet as you reflect on trips you've gone on in the past or maybe ones that are coming up, you'll kind of notice these four things in the trip you've taken as well. Okay. So the first one I'm calling the mountaintop, which for me is an actual mountaintop very often, right? But for others, it might be the sort of the, the crux, the main thing, the highlight, the, the big ticket thing that you go for. Maybe it's the aha um, moment. The aha, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, you're going on a warm weather vacation and what you really remember was, you know, on day two, you finally got out on the boat and were fishing and did the thing or, you know, whatever it is. But it's, it's the, the crux, the highlight, the, the, the best thing you, you went to go mm-hmm. and do. And for me on this trip... It was the top of the mountain, and it was the powder. I mean, look, we went skiing in April, and you risk sloppy, wet conditions or icy conditions and, you know, hoping the resorts are still going to be open. And then, guys, we went there, and there was eight inches of snow the, uh, the night before we got there, and then another eight inches of snow between days one and two of skiing, and then it yeah, basically nice. snowed on and off the rest of the time. I mean, fantastic powder. Some of the best skiing conditions I've ever been in. And we're exploring new mountains that we've never been to Did before. Did you mention where you In were? Washington. Oh, yeah. We were in Washington State just um, west of Seattle. We skied both Mission Ridge, which is in uh, – uh, I can't remember the name of the town. Wasatch. No, something else. Anyway, Mission Ridge and White Pass, which is near Mount Rainier, Mount Rainier. in Washington. Yeah, so we skied those two places. But uh, just some of the best – snow i've ever experienced in my life and and really a treat for this time of year and we were talking to people at the resort that said this is the best snow they've had all year they've had a a bad year for snow and we go oh well this is our first weekend here our only two days here are like the best days they've had the entire time so for us that you know that was the the quote-unquote mountaintop experience where 
I mean, if you ask how my trip was, that's what I'm going to tell you about first. And that was certainly what we went there for and was the highlight of the trip for sure. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. Sometimes, though, it's not what you plan, yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't there, it? it? There's it, adversity it, always, right? Absolutely, and, and that's that's what my next point is, is, is overcoming adversity. And, Paul, you're really good at always asking this question of me when I get back with this. What didn't go well? What went wrong? What, <laughs> what did you, you have to what adjust? What did you do different? Because yeah. the, it's a fact that on every adventure, uh, something doesn't quite go according to plan on, on this trip. Um, it, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't earth shattering or anything, but we originally were going to have three of us and I have a friend out there and he had a vehicle we could use and all of our ski equipment was going to fit inside. And then we added another person and we didn't want to rent a vehicle because we're trying to keep it on the cheap. And uh, now we had four people and all of our equipment and we don't know how we're going to fit it. And I have a ski rack, but it didn't have the stuff. So I'm on like a week before the trip. I'm on Facebook Marketplace trying to find the right adapter for my ski racks so it'll fit on my buddy's car oh. and we get to the airport or we're on the you know hauling all our stuff to the top of the ramp where he's parked and then it takes us 20 minutes and the clips aren't fitting and we're not sure how it's going to go Gosh. and then of course my buddy's like hey i think if you just put the clips the other way around it all works which of course he was right and then it was fine <laughs> right so it was no big deal on <laughs> this trip close. right like we, like i was do. about to like you know go macgyver and like Ratchet yeah. strap all the equipment to the roof, which we did not need to do. We just flipped the clip around and, and it worked. Thank but God. it's just yeah. one of those things where you're tired, you've just traveled, you want to get up in the mountains and, yeah. oh, shoot, like what, how are we going to do this? I have to hold my skis in my lap on the way up. Oof. I don't know how it was going to work. But um, we got over it. And as you look at any trip you've been on, something goes wrong, right? And it's part of the adventure. Mm -hmm. It's problem solving. And hopefully you're doing it with people that you enjoy problem solving with. And it's not necessarily fun in the moment, but you will remember those moments with friends and family that you had to overcome something and, and, and move through that together. And that's part of why we travel. It's weird. It's counterintuitive. The obstacles sometimes bring you together faster mm -hmm. yes. than the great moments, yes. having a beer, campfire, whatever. Yep. yep. But it's when things go south, how you recover from that, that's what you remember. And you'll learn and grow more from overcoming adversity than going to the mountaintop. You know, yeah. the, the picture's better at the mountaintop, but you'll learn more from yeah. overcoming something. Absolutely. So, um, okay, the next, uh, again, these are like kind of the, the arc of an adventure. Um, and the next I, I would call the pivot because as well as you plan any trip, like it never goes exactly according to plan. And look, sometimes I plan everything to a T and sometimes I'm just kind of like, ah, we'll see what happens when we get there. But in any of those scenarios, when you come back from the trip, you go, oh, like that part didn't go according to plan. We had to change. We had to pivot. We had to do something different. And mm -hmm. for us this time, we went to uh, the first resort, which was Mission Ridge. And we, we had a good day. But one of my friends is um, he's more of a beginner skier. He hasn't skied in a year and he's trying to keep up with us. And we realized right away that this resort really only had like two easy beginner runs. And he was really struggling because he goes, well, I'm just Aww. doing the, the, you know, these two darn runs over again. There's not really anything mm -hmm. easy. And we were going to ski a whole other day there. And instead I said, hey, you know, we can like we can bail out. We can change plans. We can rent a different place and go to the other resort for two days. And we thought about it for a while. It was going to cost a little extra money, but we decided it was worth it. And so we, you know, after making that decision, 
We had dinner, went to bed, got up at 5 o'clock the next morning, drove three hours, totally changed the plan of the trip. Airbnb or uh, hotel? This or time just... it was a hotel, yeah. Hotel, when it's okay. last minute like that, yeah. I find Airbnb can be tricky. But, yeah, um, mm. yeah we found a hotel. It was nice. Um, and we stayed in Packwood, which is, again, just outside Mount Rainier. And then, you know, it wasn't until after we got there that we realized they had eight inches of snow overnight. So we really lucked out in that wow. sense as well. So. You were meant uh, to be there. But, yeah, there's always a, a pivot in any any trip you go to. So, uh, Okay. And I then, love it. And then one more item. Again, these are the, the, the arc of an adventure. The last mm-hmm. thing I would say is there's always an unexpected gem. There's always a highlight that you had no idea was coming, was not in the plan at all. But you go, oh, wow, that actually was one of the highlights of our trip. And this time it was – some friends, friends of friends that we ended up staying with. We thought we were going to rent a place the whole time, but instead we found out the week before we went that a friend of mine had a friend that lived in this town and they wanted to host us. And we go, uh, okay, sounds good. We don't have to pay for a place. And we show up to their house and they have just this beautiful house um, 20 minutes away from the ski resort we're going to go to. And we get there and they immediately are like showing us all the things they're growing in their yard and they're making home cooked dinners. We're like, oh, we'll take you out to eat. And they said, no, 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 we insist. We're going to cook home cooked dinners for you. So two nights in a row, we're like wow, sitting in this beautiful house with new friends that we're now acquainted with eating like amazing home cooked dinner. And you go, well, this wasn't, I mean, we, this was nowhere near part of the plan and just snuck up on us. But, you know, now we have new Aww. friends. In Washington, and instead of, you know, four guys in some random hotel, we got to stay in a, a beautiful place and really add something to our trip that was very unexpected. Yeah, good things come out of left field. Yes. Yeah. You don't expect them. Yeah. And, uh... and and that's why it's so important to, to get out of our comfort zones, yeah. Yeah. to travel somewhere new, to take a little bit of a risk, because something like that will come to the surface. And it might, you know... It might be totally different than my story, but I believe that'll happen. If you if you go out, if you get out of your comfort zone, something unexpected will happen that will be a, a, a highlight that you'll remember forever. A caller online, too, wants to know, are you going to shift from snow skiing to water skiing, <laughs> at least for a few weeks in July? I, I don't have a boat or a cabin. I wish I knew somebody that did. Um, I'll, uh, I'll see if I have any coworkers. Can text us right now if you'd like to help DJ. 651-461. Uh, <laughs> Nine two two six. Thank you, DJ. You I uh, we live vicariously through your trips, and we, we always, do. There's always a great takeaway. All right, but, um, it's infectious. Your love of travel. You bet. Go plan your next one. Let's go. Amen, brother. I know. So, um, George, there are some analysts who believe that technology may actually benefit Ukraine over Russia. That Ukraine hmm. is taking advantage of some technological. Uh, capabilities that perhaps the Russians are not taking full advantage of, at least not yet. I wanted to ask Jeff McCausland, he is the uh, CBS military consultant, about tech and the role that technology and citizen journalism on TikTok and Twitter is having on this war. Jeff McCausland, up next on CCO. Paul and Jordana, DJ producing, good to have DJ back. Thanks to Hammer and Chris Tubbs for filling in while he was out gallivanting, uh, vacationing. We need to use our comp time and our vacation time, right? You want to be a well-rounded employee. So I'm babbling now. I really want to talk about Ukraine and what's happening over there and whether or not 
technology could, in theory, on paper, give Ukraine an edge over Russia, which has a military eight times larger than Ukraine. Already, uh, it's having an impact. Satellite images of murdered Ukrainians that match videos taken on the ground uh, record, recorded weeks later, providing evidence of war crimes, Russian war crimes. Uh, there's civilian journalism now. Uh, many times videos, imagery showing up on TikTok and Twitter. Again, it can be evidence of war crimes. It can just be intelligence that the Ukrainian military uses to gauge the strength of the aggressor. Could technology hand Ukraine, which is obviously an underdog, could technology hand Ukraine a surprising advantage? Wanted to get some perspective from Jeff McCausland, CBS military consultant, who always has an interesting point of view. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Hey, Paul. It's a great pleasure with you. Thank you. Have you noticed this, too? We hear a lot about the, the drones and the javelins and, you know, the tank-busting weapons, uh, surface-to-air missiles. I mean, somebody once said that uh, wars are won or lost based not so much on fighting force but on supply chain logistics. And now with this war, I might add technology, cutting-edge tech, which may give Ukraine an advantage. Are you seeing any of that in your travels? Certainly, I think that's true. I mean, we used to say <clears throat> when I was in the Army that strategy and tactics is for amateurs and logistics and sustainment is for professionals. And yes. certainly for the Russian Army, one thing they failed on is their supply network has been totally inadequate to the kind of offensive that they have been trying to conduct. Now, they may have assumed it was going to be easy. As a consequence, only created a supply network for a couple of days, but they found that to be woefully inadequate. At the same time, we're now fighting a war that's got aspects of World War One, World War and actually now the 21st century war in terms of, you know, their trench lines in the Donbass. We may now see tank warfare like we saw in World War II and this Oof. offensive that's about to happen with the Russians. But the use of technology in a 21st century fashion has certainly been very, very important. The use of drones, for example, and the failure of the Russians to take advantage of technology in some surprising places has been startling to me. Their inability to achieve air supremacy over the battlefield. You now even don't even have really air superiority. I expected a massive cyber attack. That really hasn't happened. The, Russian, the Ukrainians, I should say, I think with our help, it have been able to blunt that. Russian encrypted communications hasn't worked too well. So they've been using open lines of communications, in some cases using cell phones. Ooh. Ukrainians have been eavesdropping on that and using drones when they see concentrated calls coming from a particular area assuming that's a command post, and very successfully striking that and destroying that. But I think more fundamental in all that, in some ways, Paul, is the investment in human capital. The real problem the Russian army, in my opinion, has as a professional soldier is they've never developed any sense of initiative, rewarding those who are at the lowest levels, establishing a strong chain of command with non-commissioned officers, lieutenants, captains, who can take initiative, when things change on the battlefield, which they do quickly and take advantage for opportunities, no, no, they're told to execute a plan, and they'll keep executing that plan even when it's failing, failing over and over and over and over. Mm. And the centralized command goes all the way back to Moscow in terms of giving direction, and even colonels and generals may not have that much discretion.
But over time, since 2014, when they were invaded the first time, the Ukrainians have developed a force which is a lot more agile, a lot more nim- nimble. So that combination of 21st century technology and the investment in human capital, that combination, I think, has been really a strong asset for the Ukrainians. Interesting. Okay. Hey, Jeff, it, it's Jordana. Thanks for joining us. Um, it seemed that the Russians were excellent at disinformation because they fooled so many gullible Americans, you know, during these past six years, I would say. On Facebook, they spread disinformation, They, you know, with right. among hate groups and and to divide us politically. And it seems to have worked. I'm surprised they don't have – I understand that they are fooling their own population by state-run media and, you know, feeding them propaganda that, you know, the, the Ukrainians are an enemy to be squashed. But do you feel that they have an advantage or they're using their um, abilities in cyber to affect the rest of the world? And is it just not working? just not working, Jordan. You're, you're exactly okay. right. I mean, just think about the social media picture of two things. One is a picture on social media, Vladimir Putin, very isolated at the end of a 20-foot table with two generals down cowering at the end as he gives them instructions. And, put, and juxtapose that against a picture of, of Zelensky standing with his defense minister with their arms around each other as two, two guys who are about to go out and have a beer together or whatever, and you f- ask yourself, who seems to be winning this information war? And it's pretty mm-hmm. doggone clear. I mean, Zelensky now has spoken to, I think it's 18 parliaments or congresses around the world, the UN Security Council. He's been on the Grammys, for God's sake, yeah. in terms of talking <laughs> about what's going on in Ukraine. And Mr. Putin has been pretty isolated. He did give a talk yesterday, but if you listen to it, it was so much nonsense about, oh, we're winning, oh, by the way, really? Oh, you just retreated back into Belarus and Russia. Everything's going fine. Uh, well, that may work for domestic consumption, which they've got a lot of control of. More broadly, internationally, it's failing rather miserably. And these really pathetic responses by the Russians to very clear evidence that war crimes have occurred in places like Buka with people with their hands tied behind their back shot in the back of the head, 84-year-old women raped, um, people killed and the bodies left half-burned, uh, the shelling of residential areas, the hitting of a theater, killing 300 people. It's got the word, word children outside in letters, you know, 20 feet long. <clears throat> There's no, And the Russians say, well, the Ukrainians are actually shelling their own people, which is obviously unbelievably transparent. There, there's no doubt about it. It's, as much as we thought the Russians were good at disinformation, They've been failing pretty miserably. But here in the West, you know, it's interesting. You might think back to the fact that Vladimir Lenin, founder of the Soviet Union, is, is supposed to have said in some of his writings at one time back in the 1920s that in the West there are useful idiots, and those useful idiots will actually help us because they'll believe these things we're saying. And sadly, I fear in the last few years that may have been what has happened. Mm-hmm. And and now we find out today uh, it looks like another almost a billion dollars of additional military right. aid is going to Ukraine. We find out that Finland and Sweden may be joining NATO as early as this summer. Uh, in response, in react, they've been neutral forever. And in response right. to the, so this is all blowing up in Putin's face, and it looks like another invasion imminent or already underway of eastern Ukraine, and so. 
again, how does this how does this play out? Does this become a long term guerrilla war where we just keep providing arms and support and not boots on the ground for Ukraine and this okay. kind of low grade skirmish continues indefinitely? It could go on for a significant period of time, not unlike the wars in the Balkans, but in the short term, the next few weeks, we could see really heavy combat, heavy mechanized combat in the Donbass region, which is a very open area, kind of like Kansas, more conducive to that type of military activity. But you're right, again, I mean, the change we've seen in NATO and Europe over the last three or four weeks has been stunning. You know, somebody said the other day, I think it was a German, he said in a matter of weeks, Vladimir Putin, by his actions, has undermined decades of Swedish neutrality and German pacifism in a matter of a couple of weeks. And yeah. the change in NATO has been stunning in terms of what the Allies are doing, the possibility of Finland and, and Sweden now joining the alliance, which I think is very likely to occur. And if Putin, as he said, well, I'm concerned about, you know, Ukraine joining NATO and NATO weapons being on my borders and NATO infrastructure being in countries like Poland, Estonia, and Latvia. That's what I'm really worried about. Well, by what he's done, he has guaranteed substantially more NATO forces, NATO infrastructure, and NATO members right on his border. Yeah. So this thing has really kind of blown up in his face. The character of our military support that we're providing now in this most recent tranche will be significantly different, and that's something to watch. A lot heavier equipment, tanks, uh, helicopters like the MI-17, longer-range artillery, counter-battery radars, and those kind of things, because we will need to help the Ukrainians try to blow up this invasion, this new offensive, rather, that should be occurring, I think, over the next week or so down in the southeastern portion of the country in the Donbass as Putin tries to retrench and redefine what success might be for the Russian Federation. Wow. Jeff McCausland, CBS military consultant, always enlightening. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Jordana, my pleasure. Lot to unpack. Got it. Wow. He's so right what he said about Switzerland. That was sort of a, a game shifter for me just to hear him say it. Wow. All these neutral countries are realizing, oh, okay, yeah, Russia is who they said they were. Um, mm-hmm. They hate democracy and they will go out of their way to... Uh, destroy fledgling democracies and um anyway tri- it is very interesting. troubling uh when we get back kmart's going away what hmm, what does that mean to you i know i, I know <laughs> let's talk next oh. did you ever shop at kmart when you were a kid i sure did blue lights or special? now maybe blue lights well blue, there, right there are no kmarts around here are there there's only three there used to be one yeah. over by 35w and lake street yeah that's not there anymore. Um, there's only three Kmart's in the entire United States. How did that happen? Well, there's only three. I mean, I guess, be, you know why? Because Target. Target just uh, does it so much better. Yeah. And even though maybe the prices were lower at Kmart, they're low enough at Target that I guess they were able to compete and people just didn't want to deal with Kmart anymore. You don't feel dirty when you shop at Target, right? Unfortunately for Kmart, they just could not pull it together. I remember even as a kid going to the Kmart by our house, and it just wasn't nice. Well, yeah. So Target learned, and they came up with the right formula, right? And the rest is history. But yeah, it's a shame how many 
of these stores, how many of these chains have been disrupted? How many are no yeah. more? Yeah. It used to have over 2,000 stores Oof. in the United States. And now it's down to the last three. And you're, it's not just Target. It's Walmart. It's Amazon. It's Amazon, yeah. But, Home delivery, yeah. But Blue Light Special. And remember the announcement? Attention Kmart shoppers. Yeah. And was the butt of jokes. But I, I don't know. I came across that. I thought, that's, I guess, sad. But it's progress. It's it's life. And if you can't compete, right? It's capitalism. You get eaten. Ajir, I wanted to squeeze this in. Uh, mushrooms. Yeah, Are you a mushroom lover? <laughs> uh, well, the, the kind you smoke or the kind No, no, you no. Just eat. mushrooms. You know, like on your pizza. <laughs> yes. Or yes, I do pasta. like mushrooms on a pizza. Mushrooms yes, appear like. to talk to each other. Scientists <laughs> oh. have cataloged a vocabulary of 50 electrical signals fungi mushrooms exchange via their underground tendrils. And a mathematical analysis of the electrical signals uh, has identified patterns that bear a striking structural similarity to human speech. Mushrooms apparently communicate with each other. Is that weird? Wow. There's a great Netflix special on mushrooms. It really is fascinating. They'll be here long after we're gone, my friend. I think so. Hey, thanks for hanging out. We'll try this again tomorrow. Felt like you were buck naked walking down Madison Avenue. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.